Give it up, baby. I've studied all your moves. Yeah, study this! Welcome to the Forbidden Technique Podcast on the on the Fight Site Podcast Network. Uh, today I'm joined by my normal co-host Christian, but also Two Mint, since we are... The uh, abnormal co-host. Yeah, then the weird co-host. By the way, there was a pause when you were trying to say the Fight Site. Did you want to say the Fuck Site and just stop yourself? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what was going on there. There was a pause before you said the Fight Site. You were like, the... Fightside Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. <laughs> this is what Tuman does now. He just comes on the episode just to interrupt me while I'm doing the fucking intros. Uh, we're talking about mainly just uh, the card that happened last weekend, UFC 278. Tuman's joined us because uh, we did an alternate commentary for it together. And we don't need like six bits of content about this fight or whatever. So we're we're, we're just going to get into it. Just consolidating. Um, yeah, the, we mostly of the same mind on the fight anyway. Yeah, and um, we should be able to get like like go into a good bit on this fight, uh, particularly since fuck all happened on this card for the most part. Everyone just got absolutely knackered because the altitude was a thing. And a lot, a lot of the fights weren't that great. But the main event, just what a result. The fucking mad lad did it. Uh, Leon Edwards absolutely starched Kamaru with a minute to go in the fifth round in a fight where I think it's slightly underrated how much he was in it throughout and how he was doing, how he yeah, was doing the- good work that he capitalized on later in the fight. But he was definitely losing pretty badly. And it was uh, insane to get this kind of result in the last round of a title fight against such a dominant champion who you know, who had beaten Leon before and Leon's not known as a finisher. Uh, I mean, it's been said online already, Christian, but do you want to say what you said about this fight? What, that it was just Sergio Pettis versus Kyoji Horiguchi, but worse? It, it was that fight, exactly. Yeah. Also, not a fluke. Also not a fluke. But, you know, it's this fucking, this guy who's known as a, like, technician neutralizer who never finishes people who in the biggest moment of his career against a physical force who wrestle boxed wrestle boxed him up in a fight that he was losing just pulled out some crazy shit and absolutely deleted his opponent i mean genuinely just a historic moment uh, an amazing moment in the, the history of the sport that I mean, really is it's so, so, it's something that people are going to be talking about for years and it's like like i said on the commentary the moment the kind of moments that everybody who watches this sport lives for you know, we, like 10, 10 years from now, uh, I would be talking to my mates and I would be like, remember when Leon Edwards knocked out Kamaru Usman? Yeah, that's it's what, really... That's this it's, moment. It's that kind of result. Um, and it was amazing to see for for uh, for Leon Edwards, who... I'm going to say, we, we have all given Leon Edwards a bunch of quite shit. A, yeah, quite a bit of grief was given to Leon Edwards for his... Mm decision making and style and all that mostly just because we expect him to be really good and we watch him 
and he's clearly so talented and he has all of these things that he can do. And we're like, oh, Leon Edwards, oh, have have more initiative, oh, have, have better ring craft. Well, you know what? The guy's barely lost and he's like the welterweight champion. So he's obviously pretty good. Let's go, Leon Edwards. Well earned championship. Uh, let's talk about the actual fight. Now, okay. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do that. I think part uh, of Leon Edwards yeah. being like so hot or cold on whether or not people like him at this point because of his weird inconsistency is that he tries to be so clean that if there's any dirt to the fight, it, it feels like it's not his fight. So it's hard for him to keep yeah. the optics. Yeah. We've, I mean, if you go way back, you may find the Tangredome episode, episode 14. Featuring Conor Rebush, where we talked about personalities and um, personalities and how they affect fighting styles, and like Leon Edwards fights like the exact opposite of his life story. <laughs> but yeah, genuinely, like whenever Leon Edwards does things, he's absolutely brilliant. And uh, honestly, I've I've heard a lot of people say that this fight was sort of boring, and maybe it's because people were like. Uh, watching when you're watching live it's a completely different experience from revisiting the fight or coming into the fight knowing the result because um, live obviously don't people who were rooting for edwards i presume just simply kind of like decided to cut their losses yeah i was "Eh." a little bit down on it i was like falling asleep and (laughs) uh you know it was it was it was very late and i was just like "Ah, another kamaru's mental defense Uh, uh, whatever um but it was upon rewatch when I went back and I watched it with both of you, and like really trying to pay attention to what was going on for the commentary, that I realized like just how competitive of a fight it actually was and what a good performance it was from both guys. Like we were saying, you know, Kamara Usman kind of had a return to form and did a lot of the stuff that we've been saying has, um, you know, just the things that he kind of left behind from his game that used to make him such a force that were maybe concerning for him if he wasn't going to push in some of these matchups. And he maybe just was like, well, this is how I won this fight before. I just pressured the shit out of this guy and just just put my physicality on him. So I should do that again. But with, you know, all of the technical improvements that I've made as a striker along the way, kind of synthesized into it. And he did that. And, you know, also this was kind of something you said last week, Christian, that if Leon did well early, um, Kamaru Usman was actually going to have to fight from a deficit and we were going to see a really strong performance from him. And that happened because Leon, of course, got the first takedown against Kamaru Usman in his entire career in the first round, got a beautiful trip from the clinch straight into mount and uh, Usman turned uh, turned his back and Leon secured a body triangle where they hung out for basically the rest of the round. So, you know, you could tell that Usman was like really keen to get that back and it, you know, it was vintage Kamaru Usman just that that relentless pressure and doing really good really nice work along the cage um just good work keeping Leon there and standing him up with big shots to get in on takedown entries and just smush Leon up against the cage with just brutal rides um yeah like as a technique nerd there's okay so in striking there may not be much that is happening but here and there Leon Edwards obviously has flashes of brilliance as Leon does uh, the one thing that I uh, noticed immediately right away that I wished uh, Leon would maintain throughout the fight, and it may play a role in the rematch, is uh, his uh, insistence on uh, throwing low-line sidekicks. 
and um, tips to the knee and uh, basically just leg kicks in general. He, he was, did a pretty uh, good job early of switching up the low line sidekick with just regular round kicks to the legs. You know, investing mm-hmm. in Kamara Usman not having knees. Yeah, it's just harder but, uh, hard to maintain the more he was just getting like pu- pushed back. Uh, Christian, anything else you noticed during the fight, uh, like that you may not have caught uh, during your first viewing? Uh, yes, it, primarily that it, uh, it feels like the knockout was maybe unintentionally set up by Leon, uh, just by him giving Usman so much distance that Usman didn't really pressure. He more just took the space given to him whenever Leon would move backwards. Like, Leon would move backwards a lot during this fight for no particular reason, mostly in rounds three and four. Uh, It seemed like he mentally checked out after a really nice and competitive first two rounds. And then he, once, the second he got back into it, he started playing with whether or not he was going to come forward or go backwards. He started pressuring himself a little bit more. And Usman wasn't being as insistent on coming forward as he has been in previous fights or previous rounds because Leon had set a precedent and then broke it. And then that that small, like, weird adjustment may have gotten in the knockout. I don't know if it was just, like, circumstance, but, like, the, the fight's not a fluke. You, you're not going to knock someone out that fucking bad and it, it'd be a complete accident in a top-level fight. Also, Kamara, I mean, Kamara Usman's been hurt by everyone who can do a, a southpaw double attack switch up. And Leon Edwards caught him with perfect technique, as clean as you can land a high kick to the jaw. Yeah, and Leon landed a shot that was not to the cup that Usman reacted to uh, really badly earlier in the round. And then he looked like he was reacting to that while also par- trying to parry a jab. So it just left like a V opening for him to get head kicked. I mean, the uh, Kamaru Usman uh, historically has famously bad reactions to getting um, getting struck, and but beyond that, uh, it's something that uh, Leon Edwards' corner has also noticed, and uh, as it has been made known, as it always is with big knockouts, uh, the use, the a clip has been released of Leon Edwards, Edwards drilling the actual combination that knocked Kamaru Usman out, but more crucially. There, there is footage of uh, Leon Edwards' corner actually calling that head kick and talking about that head kick uh, in preparation for the fight. Yeah, specifically um, like watching Kamaru Usman tape and Leon's pad man mimicking Kamaru Usman's like, footwork patterns and defensive reactions and like, drilling specifically how they're going like, to land that shot on Kamaru Usman. Yeah, the problem with uh, like, uh, thinking about there's like two extremes about thinking about it, about the fight. Uh, one extreme is, uh, no, it was a 100% of Luke. Uh, Edwards was getting crushed, and then he just found a lucky shot. The other extreme is, this was Leon's plan all along. And the reality is always, yeah, it's somewhere in between there. It's like, uh, at one, like obviously it has been a prepared look. And on, on the other hand, Kamaru Usman has been winning... Uh, the middle rounds quite handily and then just uh, Usman had a bit of a lapse in judgment and decided to hang around at range with Leon uh, and Leon just found the setup yeah that's and the that's, thing because it's, it's not like you know it's not like in the fifth round Usman was still just crushing Leon and just walked into some fuck shit like clearly the the style that he ran in this fight like took an effect on him 
And again, I don't know if the altitude had an effect on that or whatever. I mean, Usman also himself trains at altitude, so I would suggest, I would expect that to be somewhat uh, of an uh, like uh, of an aspect to this fight. But yeah, not, I mean, like, it, it, hugely, it, it, this fight it, it just be... than his normal fights do. Yeah, it may, it may yeah. just be that, that like there's a reason that Usman wants to play a more controlled and cautious game these days because like maybe it's just like this is a really hard style to maintain over over five rounds late into a career and have real longevity with. Um, yeah, after especially having already having a career in combat sports prior to that. Yeah, ex- and nursing multiple injuries from that career as well. Yeah, and it seemed just like Kamara Usman. You know, also for the first time in a while, being someone who's close to being a physical parity with him, because Leon Edwards is actually just a he's a big, strong welterweight who has never fought a lightweight and couldn't. Um, you know, whereas Usman's recent opponents have been, you know, Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Burns, former lightweights, and Colby Covington, who's you know, has insane cardio and is is a great wrestler, but has absolutely no power and like just cannot compete for strength with Usman. And is like a rather medium sized welterweight. Yeah, yeah he's so, not outstanding in terms of size. Yeah, so just it's, it seems like to an extent, just like Leon taking two rounds to just like chill and calmly lose while Usman did a bunch <laughs> of <laughs> while Usman just did a bunch of stuff. Just like resign himself. Had, it just had way more <laughs> of an effect on Kamara Usman than it did. And on the fifth round, Usman was absolutely knackered and just like couldn't keep up the pressure and just like let Leon dictate range like way more and just gave him the I mean, space to set up uh, the shot that he needed. It also sort of makes sense from uh, Usman's perspective, as in, well, first of all, coming into the fifth round, uh, Usman, in the, in, if you look back at the corner footage, Usman looks visibly tired. Obviously, it's uh, not like a big deal for uh, for an athlete of uh, his capability. Like, okay, I'm just going to fight tired. But still, you need to take a moment. You, and uh, given that Usman is a fairly smart, strategically educated fighter, he would just, as a competitor, as a lifelong competitor, he would think like, okay, I have built up a sizable lead. I can, af- can afford to sort of hang back a little bit. Maybe I can try and coast. And unfortunately for Usman, that's, uh, that, kind of, that basically cost him the fight. Yeah, and it was the most dangerous thing for him to do in this matchup, and it was the reason that you know, he had to just keep up that pressure for, for as long as he did. Yeah, and obviously, as, as you've said, it's uh, incredibly hard to, to maintain that pressure because everyone talks about how, okay, he's just laying praying. How, how hard can that be? Well, first of all, Leon, Leon is a great grappler, Excellent wrestler, Const- was constantly addressing the hands, addressing the positions, trying to retain guard, trying to make uh, life uncomfortable for Usman as much as Usman was making life uncomfortable for him, which is obviously exhausting. And uh, constantly going for takedowns, uh, throwing lots of volume along the fence. It's, uh, you know, physical exertion in a fight has a tendency to add up. <laughs> Shocking, I know. Yeah, and people gas a lot harder in like particular, particularly difficult fights to to like get through. This was probably the best opponent he's ever fought, so it was harder for him to uh, maintain his cardio as much as he would in a fight like 
like RDA is fantastic. Uh, one of the better fighters he's fought, but he's very small. So, so kind of yeah, and it's a stylistic layup. Like RDA fights worse against that archetype. Yep. And uh, the one thing uh, I would like to point out, and uh, fuck, I've lost my trail of thought. <laughs> give, 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 give me a sec. Give me a sec. Uh, so uh, the word, like, it's like an interesting fight from. Uh, not like a stylistic perspective. I mean, it's fascinating from that perspective, but it's also interesting from a personality clash that's involved here. Like, everyone... Uh, at the surface level, you may think that uh, Kamaru Usman is like a diametric opposite of uh, Leon Edwards, like a consistent round winner and constant grinder, not, does not rely on uh, singular shots to win his fights. And uh, obviously, like, his personality is that of a dominant long-reigning champion and the like constantly on the grind constantly working but however uh we were both down on leon and usman prior to this fight for similar reasons it's uh with uh usman it's it has been the uh, colby covington fight the second fight the rematch where uh he well he obviously won that fight you know, fairly convincingly convincingly but the optics in the later rounds were pretty bad to the point where some of the more casual fans and uh, Colby Dick Riders decided that, oh, this is like definitively a robbery for Colby Covington or that it was a draw, that it was a close fight and stuff like that. So it's... Uh, and with Leon Edwards, there has been that um, notorious moment where uh, Nate Diaz hurt Leon Edwards quite badly at the end of the fight. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting how the have like contrasting personalities but similar flaws in a weird way it was something we said last week they both can kind of take their eye off the ball and we weren't quite sure how that was going to play out in this matchup yeah <laughs> and then it played out played out the way it did shocking everyone uh, but i guess we can what is what else is there to say about this fight? Well, it was interesting from all perspectives. Like, yeah, know. I mean, and it is a fascinating, like, just like style and narrative thing. You know, that they fought seven years ago, I think. Yeah, and we're you know we're pretty pretty much clearly both the highest quality prospects at welterweight at the time, and had not particularly exciting, but clearly very good and uh, and, and just competitive fight. And neither of them are lost since, and they rematch for the title, and it's much the same fight, but goes the way it does. It's, uh, it's just a really interesting thing to see play out. The one thing that I would like to say, however, is that uh, with, with the criticisms of Leon Edwards coming into this fight, I would like to, for once, to be fair to Leon Edwards, is that he's been fucked over so many times through no fault of his own. Like, okay, a couple times he did have question questionable decision making with not taking fights that were there but a lot of the some of the, some of the fights fell through then there was the pandemic then uh, the UFC blatantly attempted to bury Leon Edwards and then after uh, the notorious like moments against Nate Diaz everyone just went like started shitting on Leon despite him 
obviously convincingly winning that fight and he beating the absolute fucking shredded ab- Nate Diaz. <laughs> the absolute fuck out of Nate Diaz. He just fucking beat him from pillar to post and there was like just got got wobbled at the end. He didn't beat him uh, as badly as we wanted him to. And, yeah. And then, then kind of hurt, got, got hurt just, in the last round because he was coasting a little just bit. kind of reinforces how high the expectations are for Leon Edwards. And that didn't come out of nowhere. Leon Edwards is one of the best fighters in the UFC. Like, full stop. Genuinely brilliant fighter. It's, it's just that he's a bit of a head case, okay? And he has... He, he's had, an, a, 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 like, a ridiculous streak of bad luck with fights. And, uh, I mean, just... People put way too much stock on consistent, like, win streaks, I think. Because fighting is chaotic and it's all matchup dependent. And sometimes, like, there's these weird big moments. Weird big moments that lead to massive career shifts, career momentum shifts. I think they're just as valuable to have in the sport as, you know, consistent build-up towards championship and, like, a consistent championship reign. The fighting is chaotic, and, uh, like, even if Leon Edwards loses his next fight, uh, I will be like, whatever. He's had his moment. It was a great moment, a historic moment in sports, and it's great that it happened, and I don't really care, like, about whether all the narratives and the resumes in that respect, because Leon is a good fighter and uh, he earned his well-deserved championship through this, just this massive, like, visual of him chinning uh, Kamaru Usman with his shin, just perfect shin-to-chin as you've said in the commentary. And I don't know. Uh, for me, that just redeems everything about Leon Edwards and everything that has been happening to him in his career I don't know he's just yeah it was like I was saying I, th- I feel like we only gave Leon Edwards shit for the Nate Diaz thing because like because we expect great things from him because he's clearly such a good fighter yeah and and I think people like us like project uh like our vision of like what we want a really talented fighter to be on, on onto people sometimes and yeah people are it's, way it's, too quick to call him a Kevin Lee yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just un, it, it, it it's just it's just unfair to you know overly criticize those things uh, with Leon Edwards, given that he does have a, just incredibly impressive <laughs> impressive career at this point. You know, maybe lacking some of the signature wins that he would have wanted to get over the last couple of years, where he's just been horribly struggling to get fights. But the man has three losses in his professional career. One of them is a DQ because of an illegal knee, which is a loss, but who cares? One of them's a, a split decision loss in his UFC debut because his wrestling wasn't just there. And then the other one is to Kamar Usman just a couple of fights later where he clearly made massive strides in his wrestling, but it just wasn't enough to catch up to a lifelong wrestler like Kamar Usman. And that loss doesn't count anymore because uh, they rematched and he fucking sparked the guy out. So he's basically undefeated and the champion. So fucking leave Leon Edwards alone. He's really good. Yeah, and I mean, everyone shits on me for being like a snob and for being like a, like overly harsh fighters. So, I mean, let me say you this, like the sheer visual of Leon Edwards crying, uh, sitting on the fence with his belts, cradling the belt in his arms, crying into it. It's just, this is why I watch this sport. Just like everyone else. Even and- the most cold-hearted, cynical MMA fan, these are still the moments that you live for. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, yeah, go Leon Edwards. And uh, even as I said that I would not care if Leon wins his next fight, uh, whether it be a rematch or fight against someone else, it'd be really cool. <laughs> it'd still be really cool. It's just that uh, nothing will lessen Leon Edwards in my eyes from now on. Exactly. That's it. He, he did it, baby. Yep. He had his moment. Christian, any, 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 yeah, anything to add? Uh, yeah, I think Usman actually made a pretty good account of himself in regards to stylistic progression because his boxing looked more well integrated into his grappling in this fight than in others, I think. Uh, or other like more recent fights, like the Masvidal fight. The second one, it wasn't a great look from him, I think, on the feet leading up to the finish. It was just kind of like they were around in space a lot. Uh, Masvidal was trying some weird shit because he was feeling himself and Usman was still looking like he was going to consistently win. And then he just sparks him with like a perfect shot. That's, you know, of course not a fluke. He's like, he set it up well and it's a consistent problem for Masvidal, but his boxing looks pretty one note against Colby. Like his boxing just hasn't looked super great in a vacuum, but he's been going to it a lot more recently. And I wasn't really sure if he still had the ability to like pressure box while wrestling, but his hands just looked better while doing his normal A-game style, which I think is a nice look, especially going into the rematch, mm-hmm. if he can learn from this and not fight. Uh, I, I'm expecting him to actually look way less confident and then lose consistently in the rematch. But uh, I think he showed a lot of things he can improve on, and if he kicks with Leon at all, I think it's a very winnable matchup. He was winning the fight to this point, so of course it's winnable, but I think it's like a very consistently winnable and he can make Leon look quite bad if he just figures out a way to kick with the kicker a bit more. Yeah, and there was also an encouraging sign from uh, Usman in that he seems to have taken the loss very well. Very classy Uh, in defeat, seems in good spirits. It's good to see. Exactly, yeah. Complimented uh, Leon Edwards immediately after the fight. Uh, Everyone... I saw people talking about how his reaction is passive-aggressive because he called it a Hail Mary. But, like, he's, first of all, he's a fighter, so he's not Oscar Wilde, so he may not just simply pick the right word in the he, moment. Yeah, and he, he didn't say anything like, oh, I was winning that fight easily and I got memed. Yeah, he was like, like what been... a shot. Yeah. It's just, he was constantly, uh, throughout the, the aftermath, he was complimentary of Leon talking about how what a beautiful technique that was, that it was amazing, all props to Leon and all that. So getting hung up on the wording is kind of stupid. Yeah. And uh, I hope Usman... I, like, I hope Usman comes into the rematch well-prepared and looks better as well. Yeah, and I hope, I hope he gets both... the rematch instead of fucking Chimaev after he beats Nate Diaz or whatever. Because oh, yeah. they might do that, and Kamaru Usman obviously deserves a rematch at this point. Yeah, but it's welterweight. It's a matchmaking. Yeah, yeah. uh, I just hope they both have a good time from <laughs> now on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, that'd be nice. I guess we can move on. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, <laughs> then we can talk about fucking Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. This fight oh, was Rockhold. fantastic. I love it. What a chat. Oh, Ugh. my God. Muscles. Yeah, it was a a terrible performance and great performance by both. 
Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that's how I would describe it as well. Yeah, Rockhold, you know, he made some changes in his training and was obviously uh, too little too late. You know, he went over to Jason Perillo, who I was just dick riding a couple of podcasts ago for the great work that he does. Um, and I mean, it's funny, I was just saying, I don't know if Luke Rockhold's left hand has ever looked as good as it did in this fight. Uh, but <laughs> he, he also got absolutely knackered in one round. And the, most of the rest of the fight was him just like... Just, it's just sheer grit from him. Yeah, and, and just balls. So, so much, just like, uh, just kind of, just kind of strolling around, trying to be nonchalant and look cool, and then doing like a seven twenty tornado kick to the body, and then posturing, and then going back to being tired and doing nothing, just getting smushed along the cage. Uh, oh, I don't even know what to say about ne- this fight. N- nearly, nearly knocked Paulo Costa out doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just ridiculous just strolls around arms on his knees goes <sighs> <sighs> and then goes fuck you and throws the most powerful left hand that he's ever thrown in his life ambulance, and nearly, but not for me <laughs> and, yeah. and nearly fucking dead Spolo Costa I, I think it was <laughs> a great performance in the sense that it was like the most grit and determination we've seen from either guy ever and I'm including the Costa Yoel fight it was just a very dogged performance by both, but it was a terrible performance by both in the sense that if either of them had slightly more cardio than their opponent at any point or just fought a little bit more disciplined or enforced their game more insistently, uh, the fight would have been really easy and finished within a round or, or very easily adjustable if they just didn't gas super hard going crazy with body kicks in the first round. <laughs> Just both gassing from throwing body shots at each other. Like neither really went for the the middle high switch up. They were kind of just like content to do the body kick. Uh, and Costa neither kicked to the body. Yeah, Costa landed a couple like left hooks, but he has a good enough left hook to where it's a little embarrassing that he's the guy that hasn't left hook knocked out uh, Luke Rockhold. Look, uh, did look look Rockhold uh, get his nose smashed in the first? I think that he did. Right? Yeah, it was literally yeah, it was in the first round. And fucking just pouring blood what, throughout the fight. What a moment to go out on! For, oh my god! What a moment to go out on where he, you know, he had his back taken, but you know he's Luke Rockhold. You still can't actually sustain ground success against him, and he turns into the full guard and just while his nose is pouring blood, just like <laughs> makes out with Paulo Costa, just like passionately kisses him on the mouth. While fucking just like pouring his nose blood all just, into his eyes and shit. You know what this disgusting. reminded me of? I loved it. What this whole fight reminded me of how um, how fucking uh, what's his face? A spoon from Dog Soldiers went out in that movie. <laughs> He's fighting a werewolf. <laughs> so he runs out of ammo. His uh, his knife gets broken. He just starts throwing kitchen cutlery at the werewolf, yelling, "You wanna go? You wanna fucking go?" And, th- and then the werewolf grabs him. And then before the werewolf rips him in half, he just goes, "I hope you- I give you the fucking shit, you wimp." <laughs> that's ba- that's basically, that is exactly that's basically how Luke Rockhold in this fight uh, approached the end of the fight. Yeah. I like also Luke Rockhold's grappling looked fucking terrible. Uh, oh, he's, he looks so, so old, awful. but he developed old man power in his hands in his last fight of his career, which is nice. Well, I don't know. We say last fight of his career like tentatively because it's MMA. So like, who knows? Maybe he'll be back in two months. 
Uh, obviously, clearly very emotional by the end of the fight, but it seems so genuine that yeah. I kind of believe it. No, I, be- yeah. I believe him until proven wrong, but you still got to take and, it with a grain of salt. And, and given that, I'm also going to take this moment to say that everybody shits on Luke Rockhold because he's handsome and he's a douchebag and he's awkward as fuck and it's funny. But, um, you know, he he was a great champion and at one point, like, you know, people were talking about him as, you know, potential pound-for-pound candidate. And you don't think most of the issues with Luke Rockhold's career mostly just come down to uh, AKA breaking him in half. And AKA as uh, just a bunch of frauds. Let's yeah. call it what it is. It's, and- it's an awful camp. They just got lucked out with getting a bunch of really athletic, really talented guys and kind of riding it out. Yeah. Rockhold, you know, leading up to that string of KO losses, starting with his title loss, he still had a great career and he was a really good fighter and we, we shouldn't just rem- remember him as, you know, stupid, handsome guy who got left hooked a bunch of times. I mean, I, and it I was, hope it was uh... It was cool to see, you know, him finally have a moment of like... Uh, Honest self-deprecation. <laughs> um, I, I hope everyone remembers him. I hope everyone remembers him as the guy that's uh, uh, nearly like fighting, fought through three rounds, fought through three rounds with a broken no- nose, completely shattered, nearly finished the guy, uh, like painted his face with his own blood, <laughs> and then tearfully. Just explain this performance by going, I'm just fucking old, man. I just don't have it anymore. I'm fucking old. And that was the thing that made me think that the, that the uh, retirement is genuine. Him, yeah. him just genuinely just saying, I don't have it anymore. It's uh, honestly like, like, yeah, this card was bad, but it gave us like two, like genuinely, like two moments that everyone will remember from now on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everyone will look back and talk about Theon knocking out Isman, and everyone will talk about uh, will talk about Rockhold uh, pouring his nose blood all over Costa's face and uh, tearfully retiring, and just in a fight where everyone was sure that he was going to get sparked out in the first round. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, it, it's I don't know. Luke Rockhold did a lot to redeem himself in the eyes of most fans because he can't be shit on for being a bitch anymore because he's been really whiny about a lot of his losses. So now he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be like the toughest I've ever been. And then he, he just kind of like makes a good account of himself. And now you can shit on him for being an asshole and all that stuff, but can't shit on him for his toughness anymore. And in the build up to this fight, he's been very outspoken about the fighter pay issues, the fighter yeah. rights. That's uh, he's mature. an episode with the jur- jur- journalist that uh, he called out for giving uh, Chito Vera a luchador mask, despite Chito being Chilean and uh, oh, Ecuadorian, not uh, not uh, Mexican. Sorry, just <laughs> wanted to compliment Rockhold on being culturally uh, aware and just uh, just fucking mixed it up. In my defense, Fenio from the fight side is Chilean. Okay. I don't know. He could be. <laughs> this is a compliment to Fenio if he's listening. Yeah, just as cool as Chito Vera in my eyes. Okay. That's how I spun it. Fucking smooth. Smooth. <laughs> smooth okay. as small little babies. 
Okay, yeah. so after, you know, two fights that we'll be talking about for years, a bunch of fights that we're never going to talk about again. Um, and it's time for me to get the tinfoil hats out. Uh, I thought Jose Aldo beat Marab Dvalishvili. Uh, hear me out. Uh, he definitely won the first round. I don't know what the fuck that 30-27 was because he, like, he, he dropped Marab and landed all of the clean offense. Um, and in the third round, I don't think Jose Aldo got a hit in the head. So, hmm. I'm going to give the whole fight to Marab off of knees to the ass up against the cage. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, you know, my, my response would be that who fucking cares? That fight sucked shit. Yeah, it was bad. And it was yeah. like... It wasn't even as depressing as I thought it was going to be if Jose Aldo lost. It was kind of just a version of a way that Jose Aldo has lost before. And that yeah, if, you can, like... if you can make the supreme defensive technician just focus on defense, you can build up absolute bullshit volume leads against them. Yeah, especially given that Aldo still has... Only two rounds of cardio. Yeah. And uh, you can whittle away at it pretty quickly. No, just not Everyone... that much urgency in the clinch. Yeah. I think grappling just tires him so much more than it used to. It's always yeah. tired him, but it's just, it, it takes so little of it to tire him. Whereas, you know, like the Pedro fight, he didn't really have to grapple at all, so he looked great in the third. And he got to dictate the, yeah. the pace of the fight and very easily. In the, font, in the font fight, he just knocked him down. Uh, a couple of times, two, two times per round. Yeah. And then had to lame it out anyway by the end. Uh, against Tachito Vera, uh, won the first like half of the fight and then lame, lamed it out again for the rest of the fight. So, uh. And given recent fights, I kind of am more inclined to assume Cheeto would have finished him late had it been a five-run fight. Yeah, I can see that. I could see that happening. Uh, I don't know. It's just... Uh, look, Rockhold was kind of sad, but also inspiring in a way. Like Rockhold looked like shit, obviously, in the, in his area of strength, just face planted off a of a takedown attempt. And but Jose Aldo is kind of like depressing in a like, yeah, this is washed. Jose Aldo, he, Jose Aldo is washed. Yeah, he's uh, he's like yeah. reaching his Roberto Duran finally being shot part, where it's no longer like fun old guy. I think this may have been the first fight in that series because up to now he still looked in great form, even in uh, the, like despite the issues. Like he still made it to a fifth round with Yan, mm -hmm. and then he's he's looked fantastic. I'm sure he would look great against Aldo or Aljo until he uh, started losing, or maybe he would even win that fight still. But I, I don't think he's going to be the same Aldo that he has been in his late recent old guy career. He's, he's been falling off gradually for years now, but now it feels like he's reached like the, like the point where he's not beating mashups that are like easy. Yeah. Marab normally is, uh, someone that uh, Aldo would have absolutely eaten alive back in his heyday. And yeah. Now he's just getting out along the fence. Marab doing the, sh the much, much shittier and less interesting version of Volk's game plan against Aldo and it was working. Yeah, just the thing that he did against John Dodson. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like Prime Aldo would have done four more <coughs> leg kicks around, and then everything else would have been the same. But it would have been like a super clear win because he would have had like a leg kick knockdown, or the leg kicks would have <laughs> built up really fast. So he, would, if he just threw like four more in the first round, he probably could have finished Marab just on uh, creating the threat. Or when Marab had him in the rear way, cinch kneeing him in the asshole, he would have just done the exact same sequence that he knocked out Chad Mendes with. Yeah, he just he just breaks the the grip and spins him around into a knee. There's there's so much evidence that uh, this is Aldo's best type of matchup to go against historically, and now he's losing that. So it's just I don't really know where he should go from here. Yeah, I mean I'm sure there's like. Still winnable fights for him around if he wants to hang around. Still Jose Aldo, but what does he have left to prove at this point? He's not going to get to a championship again. And uh, nothing he does at this point, like... (sighs) You know, he's beyond the point where anything he does detracts from his status as the greatest fighter of all time to me. Um, Yeah. Like, there's no point hanging around. Yeah. What, what else can you do? I, I, I don't know, fucking fight Dominic Cruz, I guess, before you return. If he just wants to be the GOAT by, like, a an unbeatable margin, he could keep on just beating a bunch of journeymen at bantamweight but, until, yeah, he, like he, said, until the wheels fall off and you just get, like, but, nine more wins over no ones. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's Jose Aldo, he's done it all. Yeah, like, what's the point anymore? Made one last run for it. It's probably not going to happen, but it's all, all up to him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, a bunch of other stuff happened. Yeah. Uh, ah, there was, like, back. the really... Uh, Sean Woodson versus Saldana, worst decision-making I've ever seen and some of the worst refereeing as I've also ever seen. We're just getting straight to that. Yeah, I just get straight to that. Like, you know, you know, talk about Lu- Lucy Putilova uh, de- destroying the Yan and Wu Tang clan, or 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 Ty- Tyson Pedro immediately dusting Harry Hunsucker. Marcin Tabora had the fucking performance of a lifetime against Alexander Romanov. You know, I might be. It might be that. I got so drunk watching that card that I might have blacked out. Yeah, I also feel I like thought, the uh, single sentences that Silas just said describe the fights well enough to where we don't have to say I much thought, else about them. I, 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 I genuinely thought I remembered everything up until the main event. I thought I blacked out before the main event. I think I actually blacked out way earlier. I don't remember any of this shit. I just realized... <laughs> It's not funny, it's fucking terrifying. I got so fucking drunk. What was I doing at the time? I don't know. The only real fight I, I got super jazzed on was the first fight, uh, Victor Altamirano versus Daniel Da Silva, where Altamirano... Daniel Lacerda? He got on top... Da Silva. Of, uh, da Silva. No, it says the, the first fight on the card. Oh, yeah, yeah, the first fight on the card. Altamirano versus Lacerda, it says. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Hang on, let me Google that. But either way, Altamirano got on top, and then uh, he started just throwing elbows raw, just 
just kept blasting them and pelting them with them, and it was pretty fucking savage to watch. It yeah, was like I was really saying, uh, Daniel De Silva definitely hangs around with Charles Oliveira, and and th- and this was his Paul Felder moment. His name, his full name is Daniel Lacerda Da Silva. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. Um, he dropped out Morano early, though. He's clearly dangerous, but yeah. It was also because he, he got hurt by a body shot that like, first got the fight to the ground, and that uh, seemed to be that, that seemed to just kind of re- really put him out of it. And uh, just kind of dull his defenses, and Altamirano just got on, on top and threw a bunch of elbows. It was cool. The fight was violent as fuck. Uh, there was one standout, Amir uh, Albazi beat the bad Figueredo. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he looked decent. But it could be fun watching him in the in the coming months and years. But go but on back, then, Tuman. Tell me about back, back Sean to... Woodson versus Luis Saldana. You haven't watched it, right? No, I watched, you, you I watched it before fight. we recorded. Oh, okay, okay. So, just... First of all, it's really funny how... You've talked about this before, like how it's extremely obvious that whenever Conor Rebush actually scouts for someone, because he starts gassing them up prior to their fight. And with Sean Woodson, it was extremely obvious before. And it's, I think he plugged him on vivisection before his, uh, before the scout. But Sean Woodson, uh, I don't know what his deal is. He's just... Just, just gain weight. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> just eat. It's... Uh, You'd still be a huge welterweight, and you'd be so fast. Exactly, and to, he, I don't know. It's, he has moments where he looks like, really good, and then he has moments in like the first round of this fight, which was incredibly silly. The one thing that I would say though is that Sean Woodson is, has way too much, puts way too much stock into his hands. He's not that that good of a boxer as he clearly thinks he is. He's not versatile as a boxer almost at all. Like, he can box off the back foot pretty cleanly, but if he has to lead, he looks so bad. Yeah, and I think that was what happened in the first round, was that he was, like, more insistent about moving forward and leading than normal and just got check-hooked and dropped horribly, and the fight probably should have been stopped there, to be honest. But Saldana was just doing dumb fucking showmanship and just not paying attention. And Saldana, is, is he generally that stupid or was he? I don't know if I've seen him fight before. He, you know, Woods he clearly has hadn't the... got his shit together because he, like, the next exchange, he just got dropped badly with a jab. And then Saldana goes and throws a grounded knee and gets a point taken and gives Woodson a bunch of time to recover when the grounded knee wasn't even that bad. But, like I said, got the point taken and gave Woodson the time to recover when. Sometimes you probably could have gotten the finish, and then you know, I, I mean, Woodson kind of just you know he just minded his if, shit a little bit better and played behind his reach for the rest of the fight and managed to pull out a draw. If the grounded knees are, are illegal, like completely illegal, first of all, like from Mike Beltran, why wasn't the fight stopped immediately and so Saldana wasn't disqualified? I agree because, like, I mean, some consistency is nice. <laughs> Peter Jan got. Uh, Rightfully disqualified. Yeah, the way the, the way I th- well, but that was also fucking ridiculous because the, the the ref took like 
20 minutes to let Aljamain Sterling make the decision about what, what was going to happen in that fight. And I'm like, if you, yeah. if you stop the action in a fight, in a sequence for a foul where, you know, in any other scenario, you would just stop the fight as a TKO, you shouldn't fucking let it carry on. You should stop the fight and make a decision about what the result is going to be from that point. Yeah. And like, with, 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 I'm just trying to put into words how baffled I was watching this fight live. Because Mike Beltran like, gives a, a stern talking to, to Saldana. And then after like, a long deliberation takes a point. And then she's just... She, she, uh. Yeah, Beltran has real cop energy as a ref. I don't know. That card was weird. Aside from the, all the cool shit that we've talked about, I think you can tell about uh, by our reactions to it, by us trying to recap what was happening. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't that great. No. No. Um, but was at least capped off by an incredibly meaningful main event. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, rare enough these days. That it's uh, it's it's significant. Yeah. What's next? One championship, I guess? Yeah, so uh, there actually isn't a UFC card this weekend, but one championship doing a bunch of shit. They've actually got two events. The first one has yeah, some okay fights on it. Tonally is cool. It's whatever. If you, you know, if, if, you, uh, if you just want some MMA to watch this weekend, it's, it's going to be solid, but uh, we're just going to talk about uh, the top two fights from... Uh, the second card they're doing over the weekend, uh, which is headlined by a rematch between Demetrius Johnson and Adriana Marias. Of course, the uh, first man to finish Demetrius Johnson. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we just watched this fight, and Christian, it sounded like you had some thoughts about kind of what cost Demetrius Johnson the first fight and the improvements that he could make going into the second fight. And not just that, the improvements that you would expect Demetrius Johnson to make, given that he's an incredibly adaptable thinking fighter. Yeah, I could see him um, mixing in his kicks with punches a lot better on the lead. He seemed to catch on to that a little bit before he got knocked out. And he, uh, he started getting more aggressive and was having more success, which led to him leaving an opening that got him uppercutted. I mean, there's definitely more for Adriano to do to make the fight wider as a win, I think. I think he has a lot more room to grow because most of his uh, application of his, his strategy in the fight was pretty rudimentary in a good way. Like, it, it wasn't, I'm not calling it basic, but it, it was kind of that. He, he just uh, moved backwards at a reasonable pace, didn't give too much ground, and walked DJ onto a really nice counter as DJ was getting aggressive and really trying to close the distance. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult matchup for Demetrius, given that uh, Marias is a, a rock-solid grappler. He's really hard to take down. He has you know just a lot of positional urgency on the ground, and he's very just a very well-schooled jiu-jitsu player. He's also a head taller. <laughs> he's also fucking massive. Uh, he's definitely at least, at least a light heavyweight. Um, I'm trying not to get too salty about that whole thing. And, you know, I've already got the tinfoil hats out once and on this podcast, but... 
it's one tin, championship. Tinfoil tin hats never come off when you're watching one championship. No, nope. it does not. Um, but My- yeah, it's just uh, another thing that just makes it hard for Demetrius Johnson is like uh, kind of as you were getting at his uh, defenses a lot more compromised when he's on the lead because he's kind of he's he's kind of better when he's able to make people make the first move because he's his defense in terms of like having a technical system for it is not that deep he's just really fucking fast uh but i think that just that is what makes him a bit more vulnerable on the lead so it was definitely just like smart of Marais who has a massive height and reach advantage and is um just pretty mobile to you know make DJ try and chase him down and make him get desperate on the lead and just try and find something really nice on, on the counter to to fuck him up with. Um, so I mean, like, what what do you guys think? You know, DJ should do to you know just to make that a more winnable dynamic coming in the second time. Oh. Kick on exits, uh, alternate height of kicks, kick low, kick middle, kick high. I I don't think just, like straight kicks are that relevant for him in this matchup. I mean, he could utilize them. I mean, but... also also kind of go back to his A game a little bit. Just try and draw Marias into him and intercept him mid step. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he might have to be okay with having a more boring fight and just trying to make Marias lead more. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I don't know. Yeah, Strate- some strategic holding and clinching it. In in spots, uh, drawing Marais into him, playing like floating on the outside, um, sharp in and out movement, uh, but uh, not much else really. Yeah, it does seem hard. Um, just given that, as we said, all, all of these things easier said than done, given the ridiculous uh, just physical disparity in this fight, and given that DJ is still still a great fighter and. It also, in my opinion, you know, one of the top three pound for pound greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Um, but you know, he he's pretty deep into his career. He's obviously lost a step physically, and it it is just um, it's it, it's a slightly different game out in one championship that that like just for most of his entire career, he hasn't had to worry about even being able to be knocked out the way that the finishing shot happened. Yeah, it's like different rule sets and also mostly fought really big guys <laughs> it's, it's i mean that's that's the kind of the history with one championship in a sense like when eddie alvarez also came came over to one championship he also had yeah to every, fight. everyone everyone leaves the ufc and goes oh well, uh, we go over to one championship and you go up a weight class because nobody cuts weight over there so everyone just goes up a weight class and then eddie alvarez and demetrius johnson are fighting people who are twice the fucking size of them But, um, you know, I'd love to see Demetrius pull it out. I mainly just wanted to mention this card a little bit because, well, because there's no UFC this weekend and because I always like to try and talk about cool fights in other orgs that might be going under the under the radar. Yeah, the problem with that is that all the other orgs are either even more rinky-tink than the UFC or run by Chattery. <laughs> but yeah, the the cool stuff happens. Cool stuff happens outside the UFC, and we should cover it. Yeah, and and one for all of their fuckery, they do put on some really good fights, and I expect these. Uh, I expect these two events to probably be a bit of a drag to watch live because there'll be just a bunch of just weird Asian MMA, 
and probably a bunch of like mixed rule set grappling matches that nobody gives a fuck about. But there's definitely going to be some good fights on this card. And there's a bunch of Muay Thai, which is the shit that you actually watch one championship for you, despite them being ostensibly an MMA organization, which is uh, wrong. Um, and then in the co-main event, uh, we have a really cool Muay Thai matchup. And reigning champion and one of the greats of the modern era, Nongo Gayang Hadao, who we've uh, talked about before, uh, is fighting uh, probably the, the goat of uh, the British Muay Thai scene, Liam Harrison. And uh, they're both definitely in the autumn years of their career, but still looking good and still getting good wins. And, you know, still uh, posing all of the same threats that they always did in their physical primes. and. Uh, have it, having remarkable longevity for guys who have fought as, as much as they have, and it's uh, I think should be a really cool fight. Uh, it's a kind of it's a thing that you've said before, Christian, that it's sometimes it's hard to talk about kickboxers because they're like really good. Uh, yeah, like, what do I even say? <laughs> there, about there's just like less consistent patterns I... because at lower levels of fighting, the patterns that appear are, are just way more homogenized. Whereas at top level kickboxing. A guy could just come out and shut out the guy that people thought he was going to get the fuck beaten out of by, and it's all for very logical and understandable ways that could have been predicted by some people. So, I don't know. I could say, like, any number of results, and you could understand the thought process in a a logical way. Yeah, whereas with MMA fighters, there's normally just, like, a couple of, like, massively glaring uh, weaknesses that like make a dynamic really obvious to call. Uh, whereas, like, what what do you even want me to say about Nongo Gaiangadab? He's really good at everything. Yeah, it's it's impossible to be brief when giving a an, a full overview of his style. So we kind of just have to say he's one of the most uh, elite modern Muay Thai fighters, and he's primarily a boxer. But his kicks are fantastic, and in this matchup in particular, the kicks are probably going to be very active. Uh, excellent timing on everything. Yeah, excellent sense of sense of distance. Excellent timing. Very educated. Uh, like has every punch in the book. Has every kick in the book. Can do anything. But uh, can fight moving forward or backwards. Prefers to uh, fight moving backwards. He has said he look. He's actually said he feels kind of uncomfortable when he fights another outfighter who like can actually make him uh, look like really have to go on the lead. But uh, he's still pretty fucking good at that and has a, just a really deep defensive system, which is what, what has, I think, given him such remarkable longevity for a man in his late 30s who has like 350 fights or whatever, is just like being such a defensively specialist fight, defensively specialized fighter, but also still constantly capitalizing on his defense and um, paying attention to the... The reason is that his opponent's giving him. He uses defense in the way it should it should be used, and not just no. I'm gonna block and defend these punches. I'm gonna check these kicks. It's more like I'm gonna evade this punch and check this kick in order to do this and that, and then punish my opponent for attempting to hit me. Also, uh, sometimes he just does really aesthetic defense just to control optics because he's a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, obviously. The other day, I, I saw him do a thing where, uh, like, uh, he was like leaning back out of a high kick, but like 
he had to lean back too far to evade it to fully keep his balance, but he knew the ropes were behind him. So he just like, he just fully fell backwards and bounced off of the ropes back into his stance to evade a high kick. And, <laughs> and just looked cool as fuck. It was the <laughs> sickest shit I've ever seen. Has he ever, uh, have you seen him shoulder roll high kicks? Because it's something that some certain ties do as well. I don't know if I've seen him specifically do it, but that, that, that seems like a no-go thing. He probably could do it if he wanted. Uh, yeah, he's fighting Liam Harrison, who is, in many ways, uh, probably the archetype of what you imagine a British guy doing Muay Thai to be doing. You know, he's a pressure fighter. He's got great low kicks. He's got a great left hook. He's got really fast hands. Uh, he's got a great chin and great recovery, and he can drag the highest level of fighters into like kind of ugly brawls where he can get sl- sneaky slick shit off that they're not expecting. Yeah, we also just uh, did alternate commentary for his fight against Sanchai, the rematch, the second fight. Uh, and there, even though Sanchai beat him uh, convincingly, and they were, and it was, they were like. Liam Harrison was young, and Sanjay was also like not uh, not as old as he is now. So it was an impressive performance by Liam Harrison. Like he was able to, even though he was being outlanded, he didn't bank on trying to win rounds of uh, Sanjay, but try and find spots where he has success. He would extend the exchanges just past the moment where he can find a right hand or a left hook or a folding elbow, and he's had uh, lots of success doing that against Sanjay. So I expect him to do reasonably well here. He's not like completely ancient, and I don't think he is. No. That being said, I do probably expect Nongo to knock him out at some point. It just seems like the dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> hangs around at range too much, uh, at mid-range too much. Maybe gets overexcited with the two, three twos or two threes and, and eats something. Yeah, and Nongo is just like... I just don't know if he's someone who you want to extend pocket exchanges against. Like, that's kind of his whole thing is just, like, getting in on people who are, who are way taller than him and, like, having to use his kicks to close distance so that he can, like, do all of the slick shit that he likes doing in the pocket. And he's just an absolutely fucking monstrous puncher. Oh, my God, yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> So, uh, but I think Stan stands to be a fantastic fight as long as it lasts. And like I say, there's there's some other cool stuff on the card. Rod Tang's fighting a guy, and like Rod Tang, he looked pretty good in his last fight. He had a new thing for for like elbows, and he actually like he did defense. He wasn't just clowning his opponent, and doing silly shit. Yeah, Rod Tang. Um, Rod Tang is funny because he clearly can be defensively responsible. He just can't be asked. <laughs> a yeah. lot of the time it's just like why, why would I do defense against this guy it's, it's a waste of mental energy I'll simply get hit and, and do a little dance at him I will just win by out thugging him and being a, a massive hitter and going to the body a lot that's enough oh sorry Chris you, did you have anything else to say about, about Norway versus Liam Harrison okay cool <laughs> okay Okay, Just, fine. We want you to feel included. Thank you. Uh, as the actual co-host of this sh- of this show. No, I, 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 I <laughs> bitch, I was, it's my show. I didn't say anything by design. I was like, yeah, I, I, I said everything. We, we did not commentary on it, you know. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, if you if, if you want to hear more, more thoughts from us about those guys, then uh, go check out the alternate commentaries we did for uh, Nongo's last fight against Felipe Lobo, and uh, as Tuman said, uh, Liam Harrison's second fight with Sancho. Will be up on our Patreon, which you should subscribe to if you mm-hmm. care about good analysis and uh, having watching fights with good commentary for once. Also, if you want to hang out with us, you know, we, we do a Street Beef Sundays thing now. Oh, know, yeah. If you don't care about analysis and you just like violence, we're down with that too. Yeah. Come, come, come hang out in the Discord. Uh, ask us questions. To, to tell us why our takes are bad. Was that like the slickest transition to an outro I've ever heard in my life? Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm just going to end the podcast there. Yeah, don't even say bye. <laughs>